Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy podcast. We're so excited that you're here. I just wanted to take a minute and ask that if you haven't already reviewed our podcast or shared our podcast with a friend, we'd be so thankful if you could go ahead and do that. We've definitely been enjoying our time doing this, and we want to make an impact on people. And so if there's someone that you know that could really use one of these episodes, please go ahead and forward this to them. So let's jump into today's episode. Today we're going to be talking about the importance of speaking what you want, not what you don't want. Yeah, I think a lot of times people really get caught up in talking about how things are going that they don't like and that they don't appreciate, but then they don't really tell the other person what they would like things to be or how they would like them to go. And one of the major problems with doing that is when you tell someone something that you don't want them to do, you're forcing them to use the brain power to reverse engineer and figure out what is the thing that they do want me to do. And a major problem with that is that a lot of times the conclusion they may come to is not actually something that you would like them to do to solve the problem, but it is something within the realm of possibility. I always tell my clients, there's a thousand things that they could choose to do that are not necessarily wrong, but not necessarily the thing that you would like them to do to solve your problem. So an example of this would be you tell your kids, don't yell. And instead of telling them what you want them to do, talk softly. Maybe instead of not yelling, because all you said was don't yell, they switch into singing loudly or talking really loudly. But the whole idea is you wanted them to be quiet. That's kind of what he's saying as far as you're not saying what you want. And so you're leaving the options open to so many different things of still things that you probably don't want, but it's interpreted by the other person. So to help illustrate this, if you'll indulge us and do a little bit of an experiment with us, uh, I'm going to give you a series of commands, and I want you to follow them as quickly as you can. With as little time lapse as possible, try to do exactly what I'm telling you to do. Hopefully you're in a safe place, you're not driving in your car or something like that. But if you're at home and you're just sitting on the couch, I want you to follow these instructions. Okay. First thing is, I want you to not be sitting down right now. Second is, I want you not to stand on two feet. Third is I want you to not have both of your eyes open. Fourth, I want you to not have your hands by your side. Fifth, I don't want you to not touch your ear. Now I want you to take a moment and assess how long did it take you to follow the instructions? My guess is that some people are still on that last one trying to figure out, what do you mean? I don't want you to not touch your ear. That would be my guess. (laughs) No, absolutely. The reason for that was it was intended to be somewhat confusing. Now what we're going to do is I'm going to tell you exactly what I would like you to do. I want you to notice how long it took you to do the things where I told you not to do something compared to when I just give you the straight instruction of what I would like you to do. All right, I would like you to touch your ear. I would like you to close your left eye. I would like you to sit on the couch. I would like you to fold your hands and put them in your lap. And now what I want you to do is just take a moment and see how much easier was it for you to do the exact thing I said versus the thing I said not to do. And I think what you'll find is when I told you the thing I want you to do, your response time was much quicker than when I was telling you the thing that I didn't want you to do. Right, because then your mind doesn't have to go through these mental gymnastics of trying to figure out 
what it is he said. He just said it very plainly and straightforward. And I think this applies to so many different areas of life. You can certainly use this with your children, and this will help them to know exactly what you want. And I think this will even relieve some of the anxiety of children in helping them know exactly what their parents are asking. Because a lot of times we will say, don't do this. And then the child will do something else. And you're like, no, what are you doing? Don't do that. In their mind, they're like, I stopped doing what she asked me to do. But what I'm still doing is wrong. And so it'll help be clear to them in what you're asking. And I think sometimes children experience anxiety because they don't know exactly what you're asking them to do. And then they're afraid to ask because you'll be frustrated or irritated at that. It'll help all parties to really just be direct and say exactly what it is you want. And I think the hard part for the person who wants to correct somebody else is that you're then having to do that reverse engineering yourself where you're trying to figure out, okay, what is it that I want them to do? Because a lot of times when we're telling somebody something that we don't want them to do, it's kind of in our face and it's very obvious, okay, they're doing this and I don't like it. And so then you want to get in and you want to correct them right away and say, hey, stop doing that. But you want to take that time and you want to do that reverse engineering because then it allows you to be more clear and direct with the other person. Actually, you're talking about the kids and correcting them and them choosing something else. It reminded me of a story of a client I was working with. It's one of my favorite stories. I was working with this family and they were telling me the story where the parents had this disagreement with the kid and the kid was like, I don't understand why I got into trouble. Every time you told me to do something, I listened. And so what had happened is they were sitting in church and the kid had his hands kind of above his head when the pastor was talking and he was kind of waving his hands around. And then the mom said, stop that. And then he took his hands down to about his shoulder level and he started kind of wiggling his hands around and his mom said, stop that. And then he put his hands in his lap and he was kind of fidgeting around his hands in his lap. And the mom was like, you're grounded. And the boy was like, why, why, why? I listen to you every time. Mm. And so he viewed moving his hands above his head, at his shoulders, and in his lap as three separate things that he was doing versus the mom saw it all as one thing. But if she were more specific with the hands and she had said, hey, I want you to put your hands in your lap and stop moving them around, please. He would have understood exactly what she was saying. But instead, she was not doing the reverse engineering for him, and he had to figure out what does she mean by stop that? And he came to the wrong conclusion. And so when I was talking to the parent, I was explaining this, I was like, I think he saw these as three different things. He thought he was complying, but you weren't clear enough with him as to what you were exactly asking him to do. Yeah, that's a really good story. Another area that you can apply this to is your relationship. When you want your spouse to do something, just be honest and straightforward and clearly tell them what it is that you want. And I think clarity is a really important aspect of this. I think a lot of times people will say something that's very unclear. They may even tell them what they want them to do, but there's no verifiable way of knowing if they're accomplishing that. So someone might say to their spouse, I just want you to love me more. Well, that's extraordinarily vague. And it's very hard for the other person to, well, what do you mean by love you more? Are you asking me to hold your hand more? Are you asking me to buy you more gifts? Are you asking me to spend more time with you? What do you mean? I love you more. So what I always tell people is you want to make sure that when you're asking someone to do something, it's quantifiable. They know whether or not they're accomplishing that goal. So instead of, I want you to love me more, say more specifically, you know, I would really like for you to sit down and talk to me for about 15 minutes about what has gone on in your day. And that helps me to feel connected to you. Something along those lines, very specific goals and parameters that both sides can look at it and know 
that that request has been honored. And this can be applied even to our communication, right? When somebody says, don't talk to me that way, rather than saying, can you please speak to me with respect? Or can you please speak to me in a softer voice? But like Tim said, it does take work on your end to figure out what you do want and what you're asking for. I think really one of the things that people get hung up a lot in most of their relationships is they spend a lot of time talking about things that they don't like, but they don't spend nearly enough time talking about those solutions. And what happens is when you're talking about those problems, you're not really making any helpful progress in the direction that you want to go. I think realistically, if you need to mention the problem to immediately then transition into what is the solution, you should spend... 90% of your time talking about what's the solution to the problem and only 10% talking about the actual problem. Because why are we even bringing up the problem? Well, we're bringing it up because we're looking for a solution. So when you're talking to somebody, I think a lot of times when people are talking about the problem, they're kind of venting at them about the problem, but that's not going to solve it. We have to talk about, identify, and agree on what's a solution that we can use and then move towards that. So your mind will move toward the thing that you're speaking about. So something as simple as don't forget the keys, or don't forget to lock the door. Really what you need to do is say, hey, remember the keys, or remember to lock the door. Or when you send your kids off and you tell them, don't forget to call, or don't forget to let me know when you're there, just shift your language a little bit and say, remember to call me, or remember to let me know when you're there. And that'll be a quick tweak of your language, but it'll really help them know exactly what it is you want without having to do any of the gymnastics that you then forget to do because your mind's going in that direction. So I want you to tell your family about this, and then I want you guys to do a little experiment this week where you just really recognize how often do you do this? Because I think that we do this more often than we think. And so you want to tell your family about it because they're going to catch you on things that you don't even catch yourself on. And I think the reason it's so easy to just fall into this pattern is it really is for us the path of least resistance to just say the thing that we don't like. And saying the thing that we do want takes more effort. So when you're trying to shift this dynamic, recognize that saying what you don't like is always going to be easier than saying what you like in the short run. But then in the long run, when you actually start getting more of what you're asking for, because you're specifically telling people what it is that you want, you're more likely to get it. So then in the long run, it actually makes it much easier for you. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And then we'll see you in the next one. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.